emsradio.com. EMS information for the next generation. The EMS Leadership Podcast is a production of emsradio.com. You can interact with us via email, emsleadership at gmail.com, or call us, 303-720-6001. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the EMS Leadership Podcast. And now here's your host, Chris Ceballero. Well, happy holidays to everyone. I want to thank you for joining us on EMS Leadership. I'm your host, Chris Subalero. And it's been a bit since we've came and chat with you, but now it's the time, I think, as we get ready for the holiday edition of EMS Leadership to kind of give a review and talk about our great time that we had at EMS Expo. Of course, if you didn't have the opportunity to join us, it was in Nashville, Tennessee. And I got to say, what a great city Nashville was. I mean, I'm not really happy with their hockey team, but uh, that's because the St. Louis Blues and the Nashville Predators are really in the same conference. And we just can't can't stand those Nashville Predators. But for the city of Nashville, I think it was a win. It was a great opportunity for them to host the MS Expo. And it, it was pretty awesome, I think, you know, to experience that city. It was the first time that I've been down there. And there's not enough uh, great things we can say about uh, the city of Nashville hosting EMS Expo this year. But with me, as always, is our uh, cast of characters. And first, we'll go to the resident president. Uh, I guess for another month, then, the resident president, Don Lundy, is going to join us. Don, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, countdown to 30 days, a great two-year uh, run, and uh, NEMT did such great things. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next two years with Chuck being president and me being passed, see where it's going to go. You know, and just uh, uh, for um, from the from the member side, you know, being part of the board of directors and, and being the, uh, on the membership side of NEMT, and I know you're a very humble man. You've done a lot of great work as the president of EMT. You've led a great team, and, and you really had a lot of milestones that I think is, is going to highlight, is, is going to be the legacy uh, of your presidency of NEMT. And just from the membership side, I want to thank you. And uh, I know that uh, uh, at the end of the show, you're going to give us a little kind of an overview of where the association is and kind of what 2015 is going to look like. So uh, many thanks uh, from our side of the membership to say, job well done, Don. Well, thank you. And, and I'd have to say I had a tremendous board. You, you included, Chris, just some great great people with some great ideas and some real hardworking folks who got into the, into the dirt and did the, did the dirty work and got it done. So thanks to all the members out there that made phone calls to their representatives or taught a PHTLS class or the thousands of things you do for us, us as a, as a career and us as an EMT on a daily basis, because no president can do it without uh, those tremendous members. So thanks to everybody out there who are members. Well, let's go ahead and take a little trip uh, north of you, and we're going to go chat with our international correspondent, and that's Rob Lawrence. Rob, go ahead and bring that awesome accent in here and say hello to everybody. Well, hello and good morning, everybody, and uh, it's a bright, crisp, clear blue day here. We had uh, some some of your weather, I think, Chris, but uh, we're, uh, we're doing well so far this morning. Awesome, and and uh, it's always great to have you here, Rob, and, and talk about uh, leadership with you. So, you know, guys, uh, you know, we do this every year, and we have the opportunity to go to EMS Expo. And and first off, I think I have to say, and Don, I'll kind of throw it to you uh, for your overview first. 
I mean, this show just keeps getting better and better every year. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember back in the old days, there was a time where you said, you know, is this going to be the same old show? But over the years, and I got to say the past five or six years, just the, the intensity of the show, just the, the amount of people that are showing up at the show, just the amount of quality, quality education that we're getting uh, at this show, really, again, uh, proves why EMS Expo is probably the number one EMS show for our career field. And just quickly, your thoughts on the overview of uh, EMS Expo this year. You know, I tried it. A lot of people come to me. I had a young lady in, in one of my lectures that I gave. In fact, I gave, uh, for those that, that couldn't make it, I gave the uh, picture of what my MI was like from the stretcher, uh, a very unusual position for a paramedic to be in, what my system looked like from the ground up. Uh, and I, uh, I'm proud to say I didn't cry through the whole thing. There have been some real emotional uh, roller coasters with an MI, and those out in the audience that maybe have had a stent or a small little scare know what I'm talking about. And those that don't, um, I, I can't explain it to you. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not shy to say I've been to counseling for a couple of months, and it's helped me tremendously uh, get through that process. But she came up after the lecture and said, uh, "I'm just starting out, and I'm EMT. You know what?" give me some pointers as I go through the career. And I told her, and I'll tell everybody in the audience, I'm sure they already know this, is one of the pointers, whether you're going to go further into PA school or stay as a paramedic or an EMT or go be a, a physician or nurse or a helicopter medic or whatever the path you're going to take, um, at least once every three years uh, or four years or five years, everybody has a budget, you should try to to make it to the show. It is extremely important as, uh, important as a leader for two reasons. One, as you mentioned, Chris, the tremendous education in these classes. There's a plethora of subjects and things, some that, that you'd say, boy, I always wanted to know about that. They've got a lecture on that and, and go to it and listen to some fantastic uh, speakers that, uh, that they round up every year. And, and also, uh, I have to say the hall where the equipment and the ambulances and the training software and the stuff is um, all of us are, are uh, love our toys and I think if given the chance could spend days in this hall just going from booth to booth saying tell me about this tell me about what that does and it keeps you up to breath on things that when you're in your service you, your, your little corner of the world you don't understand that that big problem you had there's a thing for that there's an app for that there's a correction for that there's a piece of equipment that will help that or this issue with patients, a certain uh, level of patients, and there's a treatment for that. There's a medication for that. It's it's a tremendous time to see that and and to do the education. Um, you you mentioned Nashville was a tremendous city, and uh, when when the people who are listening who might say, "Well, Lundy, that's great to say, but you know, I just haven't got that kind of money." Well, let me tell you, I I attended ClinCon. That's to show you, that's to date me a little bit, which was the only show in the United States. Uh, GEMS didn't exist and uh, EMS World didn't exist. And I paid my own way. I brought my uh, my beautiful bride and my son, who was probably five or six years old then. We made it a family vacation. Uh, that was our vacation uh, during that time. On the years that I couldn't afford to stay in the show hotel, I went down to the Days Inn and got a room for, I don't know what they were at that time, twenty four ninety nine, which was a lot of money in that day, but still it was within our budget. And uh, during the times that I went to go to lectures, she and Robert would wander the hallway. There's nothing that makes a five-year-old happier than a bunch of trucks with red lights or people and equipment. And 
and it was a very fun time uh, to get done. So those those that say, well, gosh, you know, I can't afford that. I understand the, the, the complexities of finance and how hard it is to do. You owe it to yourself in this profession to, to keep up and to meet new people and to listen to new ideas. Even if you listen to the idea and say, that guy's crazy, listen to the idea. You'd be amazed what you can do with some of the stuff that comes out of these shows. So I, I think for everybody, at least, you know, every three years, you know, every, so, so in other words, every fourth year and maybe every fifth year, if your budget can't do it, uh, take a vacation wherever it's going to be and, and go see the show. If, if you need to fly, I know what that's like. So, so you want to get one that's close to you. EMS world uh, goes between, I think, East, West and sort of South, uh, so, so usually it's within a, a, you know a day's drive to get there. Yeah, and I have to say, echoing the sentiments, uh, it was just so much to see, so much to do, and, and you know, I, I think we'd be remiss, uh, and Rob, I'm going to jump to you for your overview here in a second, but I think we would be remiss, and I know she's going to hate this, she's a fan of the show, Nancy Perry, what a great job she did in coordinating, uh, her team did an excellent job of scheduling, of ensuring that everybody was in the right place at the right time, making sure we had all the, the logistics we needed for our classes, make sure everything ran without a hitch. And I think without that uh, level of uh, dedication, of, of focus, of uh, you know implementation to the show, it wouldn't have been as successful as it was. And I think every year we give Nancy kudos, but I think that uh, it, it couldn't be overstated the fact of the excellent job that EMS World and uh, Nancy and her team do to prepare us for uh, going into conference every year. But Rob, let me go ahead and jump to you and ask you for your overview. Uh, you know, you, we've been to EMS Expo before now several times. What was your thought as just the uh, how the show went and uh, your your overview for the folks listening? I kind of I kind of made a checklist, Chris, and I hope we'll we'll come back and revisit some of these things in sort of individual as individual items. But just to mirror what you said, uh, actually, I was talking to Nancy at the show. This is going to be her twentieth year coming up as the editor of uh, of this particular magazine, this publication. Well, just and for so, just for the record, though, she did start when she was five. So let's let's go and say that as you say, twenty years. We do I'm, want to I'm mention. I'm sure you she... just scored an immense okay, amount of thank you for... points there. I'm sorry, Rob. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I felt no, no, that no, to no, be a, a point. But, okay. But the point being, of course, she's she's an absolute sage, although she probably won't admit it, uh, of our industry and has seen so many changes. Um, coming back to the to sort of my headlines, really, uh, in no particular order. Don mentioned the halls, and of course, yes, there. You know, for, for us gadget lovers, there was phenomenal. What I found over time, though, is that the hall is mirroring the progress of the industry. And, and I come back to one of my favorite four-letter words, of course, lots of data-related products, uh, lots of safety moving and handling products that are emerging into the marketplace now. And so by seeing where the where the, the hall is going, you can see where the industry is going. And I think, you know, kudos to the to the manufacturers because they're they're taking note of what we're thinking and then turning them into you know, into devices that we can use. Um, like you, Chris, I was also uh, delighted to be and honoured, in fact, to be a judge at the innovations competition. So I had a chance to walk around as you did, and really get stuck into some of the uh, some of the innovations and really get under the sort of hood of what, what they're thinking. And of course, that was a real a real honour. Uh, and of course, we were both following in the in the in the footsteps. We couldn't fill the boots of, but following in the footsteps of uh, of dear Mike Smith. And and so that was also an honour to do that. So those are the halls. Um, the organisation you mentioned was phenomenal as a speaker. And I think all of us would agree that the the level of support we received as speakers was good, um, getting us in the right place at the right time with the right kit. Location. Don mentioned that. Never been to Nashville either. Uh, exceptionally impressive uh, setup. Um, not quite sure about the 
the, the speaker on every lamppost blaring out country music, but I guess you have to live with that. Um, World Trauma Symposium attended that. Our friend Will Shaplow did some great stuff and some great presentations there. Of course, the networking. There's always an opportunity. I saw you guys. Actually, I didn't see you, Don. We were ships that passed in the night, actually. But the the networking abilities were phenomenal. And, of course, the quality of speakers. You had high top medicine from Paul Pepe and the Eagles Roundup through to pure what... I would call edutainment. We had the likes of uh, our good friend Ken Bouvier from uh, New Orleans, who was always entertaining but absolutely informative. Uh, Ray Barashansky talking about actually about how, how to become a speaker. And that's kind of where I'm going to leave my segment here of you want to go to Nashville, actually start speaking at your local conferences, get a bit of a, 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 a resume of speaking. Uh, Ray's actually the, presents and writes articles on how to be a national speaker and end up standing on the podium too. It's actually achievable. So back to you, sir. You know, one of the things, and I have to agree, and, and uh, Ray does a great, uh, and we actually had him on uh, one of our podcasts talking about that, because uh, everybody asks us, I mean, how, how do we get to be speakers? How do we get to be writers? And and uh, it was a great opportunity to kind of learn that. But, you know, I, I want to go ahead and give my mention to the exhibit hall, because as you said, Rob, it really kind of shows where the industry is starting to move to. And all the innovation that we saw, how big this this exhibit hall was. I mean, I'm talking to people on the phone saying, where are you? You know, I'm in the 300 aisle and they're in the 1100 aisle. And, uh, you know, just trying to coordinate where everybody was so we can kind of walk around together and see the innovations. It seems that the first day we have, uh, you know, kind of an overview and we just kind of walk the, walk the aisles to see what's going on. And then we spend the rest of the time kind of narrowing in on where we want to go for our organizations. But I want to send a thank you to the folks at Bell Helmet out of Illinois. And uh, we needed to get some B2 helmets for our folks. You know, we're up here in St. Louis County, and, and we were part of the Ferguson uh, crisis. And, and I was concerned about the safety of our uh, workforce, and, and they made us a really great deal on some B2 helmets, which I think everybody needs to start thinking about using in the back of these ambulances for protection. But I talked to them on a Thursday, and we were in uh, Nashville on Thursday, and I wanted to get these helmets. They drove from Illinois to St. Louis, Missouri the next day on Friday and helped fit all the workforce and made sure that they had their helmets ready before that decision came out on Monday uh, of the grand jury decision. I got to say, the level of professionalism that they had, the level of dedication to the career field by saying, we're going to take care of you guys tomorrow. I can't send my thank you enough uh, to those guys for making sure our workforce was safe. But Don, let me go ahead and jump to you. And, and Rob mentioned the World Trauma Symposium. And I know that it's something that NAMT does a great job uh, working with EMS World on getting this information out. And when this first started, Don, this was supposed to be an every other year thing. And now I believe this is the third or fourth time that we've had this in a row and what great success this has been for the folks that are coming to the conference to hear some you know world-renowned trauma experts learn what's going on in the field of trauma it really is something that started as as what i call a cocktail napkin idea uh, uh i think the phtls committee first talked about it as kind of a what do you think of it you know kind of kind of maybe should let's try it out maybe in every other year and the, the original numbers at the first were just blew our mind away and every year it has gotten larger and larger uh the speakers have gotten better and better the focus on it uh, everybody comes away uh, you know the day of trauma that's why i have it in my head from the day of trauma and say 
wow, you know, the whole trip is worth that one day of education. Um, the, the, the folks that are involved in it um, uh, just do a great job of, of getting everybody on point. And I, I am just blown away every year when we start to plan the new uh, trauma symposia, how quickly people sign up and say, I know what it was like before. It's going to be that, that great. Uh, Dr. McSwain, it, it's, it's his passion. Uh, and, and it shows in how this uh, show is put on. Of course, he's there. A lot of these folks that come to this have never met Dr. McSwain. They've read uh, much of what he's, uh, what he's done in, in his life. And he's, he's a pretty humbling kind of guy. And he talks to people. And he, you know, he's a, a great guy. Of course, Will's there. A lot of the rest of the PHDLS committee. And, and a lot of the people that come to the show uh, come early to the World uh, Trauma Symposium. So I, I know there are a lot of people that say, boy, I wish there was one place that I could get some good trauma info. This one day, uh, there is no other better, in my opinion, trauma symposium than what goes on there. And it's, it's humbling to see everybody every year come back and say, I want more. You know, one of the things, and Rob, I want to go ahead and we talk about the World Trauma Symposium. Really, there was the world represented. And we saw folks from all over the United States. We saw folks from... I mean, I can't even count the number of countries that were represented. As our international correspondent, uh, I don't know if you had the opportunity to kind of get a feel for, uh, this is really becoming a, a world EMS show. This just isn't an EMS expo that's happening for folks in the United States. But we're seeing, you know, numerous world countries coming to this show and sharing their best practices, learning best practices from what's happening here in the United States. I mean, in the people course, I'm very proud to sit on the people committee uh, we had folks from japan who were taking the people course wanting to bring that to japan already this is a course that hasn't even been out a year yet um and now they, they were, were trying to think about ways to get it into the international market but what was your feel about all the international folks that were coming to our show uh this year well, it's called EMS World for a reason, of course, Chris, and uh, you must be reading my notes because I was just sketching down uh, some of the, the, the international characters that I uh, managed, managed to meet up with there. Um, you know, we had folk from the South Australia Ambulance Service, and they were, they were exceptionally engaged. I was doing some high-performance EMS stuff, had some great conversations with those guys. Um, I have to give a shout-out to Dr. Linda Dykes. Uh, she's from North Wales in the UK. Uh, she runs the Mountain Medicine Program. She trains the British Royal Air Force uh, para, uh, paramedics on their search and rescue helicopters. Used to be Prince William's dock in the back of his search and rescue seeking. An absolute character. Um, does a fantastic uh, publication, in fact, uh, where she's actually writing for the UK market, writing up the EMS World Expo uh, show for them in order to try and entice more people over. Uh, I saw the Japanese. I think the Dutch were there. They're always very colourful in their yellow and green uh, in their yellow and green suits. Uh, there were South Africans in there. It was, in fact, an EMS world, and it was good to see them all there. And I've said this before, Chris, that uh, you know, despite the fact we have different accents, we come from different countries. Our job is the same. Our the love of our the love of our life of our lifestyle is absolute. It's not a job; it's a way of life. And no matter who you meet, we're all the same, and that's really good. But a chance to meet them all and to converse uh, at a place such as Expo is absolutely phenomenal. You know, one of the things that, uh, as we talk about EMS Expo, is we think about wh what our takeaways were. And Don, I'm going to ask you, and Rob, I'll ask you the same question. If you have to think about what EMS World kind of 
uh, meant to you in this year? I mean, every year it seems when we do the overview show, we always have takeaways. And the takeaway that you had from this show, uh, what, what did it leave you with? I mean, what did you go home back to Charleston with to say, wow, this was really an outstanding uh, way to spend my time? I think one of the things, and uh, and most of my crews know when I get back, uh, you know, they they don't exactly like it uh, because I have a whole bunch of new stuff that I start handing out. Go find out about this. Call this guy. Uh, but but I told them, I said, you know, we've been talking about a couple of things within our service. One is uh, the Hartford consensus and the idea that medics go into the warm zone, and that's kind of a discussion going on in a lot of different circles. Uh, well, I learned uh, at this show. It is a discussion in more than our world, and it's a discussion that's going to happen, and uh, and everybody needs to prepare for that. I think the safety initiatives and construction ambulances, that's coming. Uh, no no question, no doubt. I'm not sure anymore. No, that, that's all gone now, and it's coming. And certainly, uh, mobile integrated healthcare, there are still those out there that say, well, you know, that's really not. It's just a trend uh, like the CD, like the DVD. It's just a trend. No, it's not. It's happening. It's happening in more than one or two places. Chris, it's happening in your backyard. You're, you're running one of those uh, systems. And, uh, and the idea that it, A, saves money and gives better service to the patient is all coming true. It's not theory anymore. Um, so when you listen to the lectures of people that were, that were teaching and you listen to some of the uh, conversations of the networking that went on, uh, I, I came back to our folks and I said, listen, the the train's left the station, and it's moving pretty fast, and we, we're going to stay on this train. So I think that's what I pulled away with, uh, knowing that, um, you know, I've said it the last two years, it's an exciting time to be an EMS, and it really is. I'm going to pick up on the Hartford consensus, actually, first of all, because, as you know, I had to cut and run from the show halfway through because I went travel down to Panama to go from, and it was quite the irony, going from the World Trauma Symposium, I then left and went to Panama to go to the Pan-American Trauma Congress in Panama City. And there were a number of eminent U.S. trauma surgeons there. The Hartford Consensus was exposed and discussed uh, with the rest of the Americas. Uh, now, of course, the Colombians and the Venezuelans are doing this sort of stuff anyway. And, of course, we can learn lessons from them, too. And it's the advantage of having, you know, international uh, events such as the Pan-American and, of course, the World Trauma to, to discuss those points. So, so that's a very important issue. Um, again, going back to what, what was emerging in the halls and what the discussions were around the place, of course, data is an important issue. Uh, ICD-10 codes are coming in in October of next year. What's that got to do with us? We're not billers. Well, the answer is if our narratives are not comprehensive, are not, dare I say, almost Shakespearean in their construction in the future, our ability to generate uh, a good uh, bill for service is going to be very, very difficult. So data and actually the linkage to the medic, which is narrative writing, is a key thing that we're going to have to pick up on and sharpen up on in the next uh, 11 months. Uh, safety, of course, is emerging. The culture of safety, to just culture, those things were present. Those things were discussed. And those things are very important. And we mentioned vehicle safety. have to say two days ago, our very first ambulance arrived without the squad bench. Uh, captain's chairs can swivel forward face for safety uh, and something we're very proud of it's actually it's a critical care truck uh, and uh, so we hopefully will start, sort of start showing telling that but clearly you know some of the lessons we learned from last year we're implementing this year some of the things we're seeing this year we have to implement for next year 
Yeah, I mean, you, you bring that up, and I think that that's a really good point, is the fact of it, it seems that everything that we're seeing uh, at this show here in 2014 is the, is the look of the future. And, uh, you know, you kind of said, uh, said it early, Rob, where you talk about the progress of where the industry is going. And as we start to implement these things, it, it really was about the transformation of EMS. It really was about the mobile integrated uh, healthcare. It really was about, um, you know, safety. It really was about what the future of EMS education is going to look like. And th- they're not bogging us down with the, um, you know, the, the minutiae of yesterday. They're really making us think about what tomorrow is looking like. And, you know, we talk about it on this show all the time of, uh, you know, what's EMS uh, leadership going to look like in the future. What EMS Expo did this year is it gave us kind of a look to see what EMS is going to look like I- in the years to come. And uh, I- if you're not on the bandwagon, as you mentioned, Don, that uh, you were going to get left behind by this train, but it was a great opportunity for us to see uh, what the future of EMS is going to hold. All right, well, with that, you know, we're starting to get up here in some time, and uh, I do want to get, you know, I do want to hear from Don uh, kind of uh, the message of NEMT and, you know, kind of him closing out his presidency and and moving into 2015. But, Rob, let me go ahead and jump to you first. And, you know, we kind of do this uh, every year, but if you could talk to the folks that are out there and say to them, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, September 2015, uh, EMS World Expo, what gets them there? Well, before I do that, I want to say two thank yous, as this is our Christmas show. Firstly, of course, thank you, Don, for your presidency. Uh, I came up to EMS on the Hill last year, and what a fantastic uh, event that was. But also to to listen to your inspirational, motivational, uh, get us going to go and, you know, see our our representatives was phenomenal. That really was you, Don. It was the, the fact that you are an immensely popular and very experienced leader and i certainly enjoyed following you around that day uh, and to you chris thank you for coming to richmond actually and uh, and teaching the the, the people course uh, another naamt product uh, my team were inspired by that and of course that a couple of the guys that were on that course are now teaching it themselves around the commonwealth of virginia so to both of you thank you for your contribution certainly to my organization for this year Next year, it's time to start saving to go to Vegas. Actually, one of the reasons that uh, it's held in Las Vegas at that particular time of year is because it's affordable. Uh, it doesn't take too much to save up. Uh, and again, by then, you can enter enter to be a speaker, perhaps. But of course, uh, you could enter your organization to be uh, the uh, the Dick Ferdo winner, as you were. Again, congratulations to you, Chris. So there's a number of ways you can probably economize to get there. But the most important thing is the value that you will re- achieve in getting there far surpasses the cost you pay to actually arrive there. And so just think on that and uh, we'll see you next year. Don, your, your, your final thoughts on, um, you know, uh, why people should go to EMS Expo in September, 2015. What do you give them? Well, uh, uh, the same as Rob, I want to stop for one minute and thank somebody that nobody in the show knows about except for one. And he listens to it. His name's Kurt Taylor and he's my County administrator. Anybody that's taken on a, a role like mine in the last two years knows that if your boss isn't behind you, um, it's really a bad time. He has been behind me from the get-go on on the massive amounts of, of travel that you have to do to get things done and has always supported me. And I want to thank every single member of my organization. Uh, I asked them before I ran for the office, told them I wouldn't be mad if you said don't do it. I wanted to know their feeling, and they said we're going to stand behind you, and they did. Those were the folks on the ground every day doing the job, 
oftentimes while I talk to them on a cell phone in an airport somewhere. Uh, so uh, thanks to everybody in the system. Uh, thanks to Chuck Milligan, my XO, who absolutely uh, took the reins and we never had a, a sweat. Uh, and, and Kurt Taylor, my boss, who from the get-go said, absolutely go do it. I think for people who, who say, I wonder if I should come to Vegas, first, here's all the good news. If you have to drive, okay, you have to drive. But if you have to fly, flights are pretty cheap to Vegas. Uh, you don't need to stay in one of the expensive hotels. You can get some rooms at $45 a night. So if you're talking about a, you know, you're talking first about the money, and I know that's what people think about, it's a fairly cheap place to be at if you watch your money. And, and uh, if you're a gambler, obviously uh, it, it's a different uh, set. I think if, if people are listening to this and say, well, gee, you know, that, uh, uh, that community paramedic's not going away, I sure wish I could stand somewhere and talk to somebody that actually does this, not the, not the theorist, but actually do it. Well, folks, Chris Sebelar is on this show, and he's going to be standing there in 2015. He does it. Uh, he is doing it. Matt Zavasky is an approachable guy. He, he, he does it. Uh, it's not theory to him. He actually does it. These guys can sit with you at a table and probably teach you in a, in a little more of an hour days worth of stuff that it would take you forever to read about and still not be able to ask the questions. So, so if nothing else, if you're interested in mobile integrated healthcare and you go, oh, gosh, we can't do it. Every single entity, I think, that has started this at one point said, I don't think we can do it, and they are doing it. Um, come for that. Uh, come to find out what the future holds. And, and let's say that you don't think mobile integrated healthcare is really going to do much. Come in 2015 and find out. Either you can look me in the face. I'll be there at 2015 and say, you know, I was right and you were wrong. But my bet is they'll, you'll look me in the face and say, golly, it really is happening. How do, I, how do I find somebody? And I can hook you up with people who have done this. Come for your education. Bring your family and come to be with your family. There needs to be a balance in our business. Oftentimes, we don't pay much attention to the first patient, and that's us. That's you and I. Uh, we need to pay attention to the first patient and make sure that we balance ourselves with our family. At the end of the day, uh, the, your family is what you've got, whether they're close friends, significant others, whether you're married, whether you have uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, those family members are what you have and your health. So uh, I, I think uh, for all that, you need to make that balance and come and relax a bit and learn some things. And here's some things that you might disagree with or here's some things that you want to do. Uh, it, you know, you hear the term, it really rocks your world. Well, it really does. It really does rock your world. From the NAMT side, thanks to everybody who was a member. Thanks to the uh, uh, almost 10,000 members. I think we made a commitment uh, uh, the membership committee did, and I, I thought it was great that we'd have uh, 10,000 solid members, uh, dues-paying members, by the end of the year. We're short uh, by about 600, but we've done a tremendous job of, of uh, 